Welcome to a Skyrimatic podcast where I will discuss my adventures and misadventures through Skyrim. Join me. Add your stories. Add your tales. Let's uh, let's get into this thing. And welcome back. Episode 127, Scaramatic Podcast. Uh, quickly again, Philly Podfest, July 15th. July 16th, sorry, 5 p.m. Uh, Tattooed Mom, South Street. A bunch of us will be there. Come on out if you're in the area. Uh, if not, <clears throat> I'm going to try and do it on Facebook Live. We shall see how that goes, but uh, that's kind of a plan right now and oops sorry about that I had to adjust my mic uh so otherwise been uh doing a little dark brotherhood play um i am uh just i'm just uh just after where i went to the kitchen and tried to poison the emperor who wasn't the emperor so uh that's that's kind of where i'm sitting in that play and uh, kind of brainstorming for my next character. Um, so I want to, or a secondary character. I don't know if I'm going to keep this one going, but um, I'm going to keep this one going. But I'll probably start a secondary one on PC because I'm playing this one on Xbox One. Uh, and I'll probably do Legacy Edition because I want to uh, use some mods and stuff for this uh, next one. Um, so basically, I want to do just a Smith who doesn't quest or anything, who just uh, has a map of the ore and the mines in Skyrim because, uh, you know, he's attained that while learning his craft and he's just going to go out and smith and sell things and, you know, if something happens while he's smithing, that's fine, but, uh, or in, you know, gathering materials or gathering gear. So, uh I put out the call in the group, of course, for some mods for that, or, you know, what would work best. Uh, let's see. So, of course, Victor had a, a, quite a few. He said, uh, for Legacy, um, complete cl- complete crafting overhaul remade by Cryptopter. Hopefully I said that correct. Harvest overhaul, trade and barter, trade routes, and don't forget the notch pickaxe, of course. Um so yeah, I think I think I'm going. That's why I think I'm going to go legacy, just because of more availability for mods. So I, I got to redo that one. I got to start fresh uh, on my uh, current PC one. Just clear out the mods and stuff, and and see how it's running. And uh, if it's running well, uh, I'll keep it there. If not, I'll reinstall and and start from there. Uh, Ray recommended a having a player home, which makes sense. Halyarkin Farm was good, and Hala. In White Run was good also. Uh, easy access to Smelter Farm also produces some additional income once fully kitted out. Uh, Winstead Mine, Victor mentions. It's over by Winstead Matter. It's a mod that has a ton of smithing stuff built in, and the mine has every type of ore in it, and there's a little quest attached to it. So Winstead Mine is definitely something I'm going to have to keep an eye on as well. And glowing ore, Todd recommends glowing ore veins, just to make it easier to see them. Uh, 
Uh, it's, there's also a mod that adds the or types to the mine names on the map, which makes sense. That would be very helpful. Ars Metallica, yes, that's a very good one. Um, I've used Ars Metallica before. Let's see. Oh, and yeah, Todd recommends uh, Lost the Ages quest, of course, which is uh, a great quest related to smithing. So that would make complete sense for him to go through or for the character to go through because, uh, you know, you got the Ethereum and all that. It it definitely, uh, it, it'll definitely work with that type of character for sure. But, uh, yeah, that would, that's kind of my next plan we'll say for, uh, for a character is to go with, uh, just, I don't know, maybe it was inspired by Minecraft play. I've been playing a little Minecraft. Just go out, smith, kind of exist in the world and not quest at all. Obviously, I'll use an alt start uh, and, and work that in somehow so that I avoid uh, starting any dragons or anything. Because um, there's really no reason to be involved in that. Uh, or and, and see how long I can go without really questing at all, which uh, is odd. I, I never really played that way, so I think it would be fun to go through that way and see how it... Uh, See how it goes. See how that works. Um, I did get some other feedback. Let me uh, pull that up here. And then I have uh, Steve, of course, from Scaring Book Club. I have his uh, audio thing coming up in a second here. But uh, <clears throat> so Richard wrote in. And let's see. So he found out about the podcast just over a year ago. Um, or he found out about podcasts themselves, sorry, just over a year ago. And first thing he looked up was Skyrim. And there's quite a few on there, which is awesome. And because he's a Skyrimatic himself and didn't realize there were others like me. Uh, very cool realization. And I've been planning to write ever since I found out about you guys. Last April, I binge listened to all the podcasts and was updating about six weeks and have listened to everyone since. I drive a truck for a living and get about six hours a day to listen. So I also have an opportunity to listen to a few other podcasts that have, that you have recommended, like Keek's Quest, Skyrim Book Club, Character Crusade, Let's Play Skyrim, etc. And he's thoroughly enjoyed every minute. Yes, as someone who's dri driven quite a bit themselves, it is nice to have podcasts. <laughs> uh, his gaming history is somewhat similar to mine. Uh, Difference is he played Ultima Online for many years. Um, from about 99 to 06. And then when Oblivion came out, he was hooked. Yes, that was me too. Uh, bought a brand new Dell gaming computer just to play the game. Played the heck out of it. Spent over 800 hours adventuring and exploring all that he could. Wow, you'd be happy to know there will be an Oblivion roundtable coming up. Uh, still love to play Oblivion every once in a while. I also still slip by calling the College of Winterhold the Mages Guild. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Uh, that computer gave up the ghost as it, as it got old, outdated, and so instead of putting money into it so that I could play Skyrim when it came out, I just bought an Xbox 360, and that's what I've played on since 11, 11, 11. That's awesome that you're still playing on that. Uh, I, I think I played on, uh, 360 relatively recently, within the past year. Uh, we still have two 360s floating around the house, um... And I forget what I why I did. I don't even remember. But I, I think it was maybe I was in another room or something. I was like, oh, let's just see how it's going. Uh, first character he created, 
became a jack of all trades and a master of none, but still got him up to level 56. Name was Vladimir. Played through the Dawnguard DLC and built a few of the Hearthfire houses, but sad to say I didn't play much after that. I didn't even buy the Dragonborn DLC until I found the podcast. Yeah, Dragonborn's a good DLC. I do enjoy that. Uh, You and the group got me all fired up and excited about the game like it was brand new again. Immediately downloaded Dragonborn and decided to create another character. Used the name generator and came up with Andril Zumlar. Now I created Andril to be the character that I found out that I like to play the most. You guess Sneaky Archer. Of course, because it's the best way to play. Let's see. I have, I've had more fun building that character than I ever did with my first character. He's so much more powerful because of the focus on only a few key skills. That's true. Yeah, if you focus on the skills as opposed to spread it out. Because uh, I think my first character... Well, my first character I really screwed up and I didn't even... Um, use perks until I was like level 50 because I was an idiot and didn't know how. Uh, all right. <laughs> we won't revisit that though. Also, I spent a good deal of time in Solstheim and got all the black books that I wanted and that I wanted in the, that I wanted the perks for. Also did quests to get Severn Manor and the Stallrim Deathbrand armor. That is a nice looking armor. I'm still using that over Daedric and Dragonbone armor. He's level 51 and I've already gone legendary on archery, sneak, and blacksmith and i just lost my place there we go (laughs) i also created my first female character when i heard the character crusade podcast i never thought of role-playing that way her name is nissa al ghul i'm sure you know the reference and what her skills are yes uh she's at level 21 but i haven't played that character as much lately i jumped back into oblivion for a while to try out two quest lines that i never tried the thief's guild and dark brotherhood haven't gotten too far into that yet because of time and family. Thieves, uh, the I forget about I forget exactly the Thieves Guild, but um, Dark Brotherhood is fantastic. I really love the Oblivion Dark Brotherhood. Uh, I did try out ESO for a bit, but didn't like all the people spamming the jump up button and everything else. It was way too crowded, and I didn't like the learning curve and time I would have to put in to build a character. Hope to upgrade to Xbox One by the end of the year. Can't wait to try some of the mods. Just listen to the list of the podcast, and you mentioned having an Oblivion Roundtable. Yes, I'm all in. My vote, definitely yes, do one for sure. I uh, look forward to the future of SA and need to get back to playing Skyrim later, guys. So that was Richard. Yes, we are uh, definitely going to do the Oblivion Roundtable, and I believe there's going to be... It might be concurrent with another... Uh, I don't know if they talked about it on the show or not. Another Fallout roundtable. We're, we're kind of figuring that out right now. So we'll, we'll see what goes on there. But uh, yeah, Juan and I have been going back and forth on some quests. He has some great... He has a, a better current working knowledge of the Oblivion quests than I do. Because I don't remember anything <laughs> generally. So, But uh, yeah, I, I would think the, the Oblivion one, we're, we're shooting for... Uh, like doing an intro episode end of August, early September, and then maybe one episode a month like we usually do. Uh, well, recording once a month, and then the episodes are kind of parsed out um, differently. But uh, yeah, so so we're looking at that. That's that's kind of the plan for now. So if you're interested in an Oblivion 
round table and or have never played it before uh interested in getting into it def, you know shoot us an email we'll point you in the right direction and all that stuff and uh get you started with it and, and you can join in with us uh, i think we're gonna think what, what juan had recommended was uh main quest obviously and then some of the city quests because the factions are also aligned to the cities so that that helps as well so you can break it down and say uh this episode will do x and y in uh Chayden hall you know because if you're going to be in that city you may as well do more than one thing there so uh I, I think that's a good way to approach it so that that's probably what we're going to be doing all right now here is uh Egan swift this is from steve from uh skyrim book club the audible of skyrim and uh this is feedback here let's let's get into this thing if i could hit play well, hello, my friends. This is Steve from Skyrim Book Club. After listening to Todd recently discuss his character build from Tamriel Vault, I thought I'd join in the game and tell a story about my character, too. So, if you will, settle in, relax, and let me tell you the story of Owen Swift. Now, Owen Swift is a Breton of questionable moral capacity who has recently found himself in a little bit too much hot water in High Rock. Luckily for Owen, he is second cousin to Bellafor of the famed storefront, Bellathor's Goods, and he decided that he would head into Skyrim to wait for things to cool off in his home province and see what he might be able to do with his cousin to make his fortune in this world. As it happens, Bellathor was quite pleased to see his distant relative arrive on his doorstep because he had just the thing in mind for young Owen. Bellathor has never been afraid of a septum and willing to do just about anything to make one. And over the years, he has made a little coin here and there selling old or rare books to famed archivist Urag Groshrub from the Arcanium at Winterhold College. So together, in the back of the store one evening, Owen and Bellathor hatched a plan. Owen would head up to the Winterhold College and present himself to Urag as one capable of moving about the lands of Skyrim and finding rare and valuable tomes for him. The benefit to Owen, of course, is that he would be able to move freely in this land under the auspices of college work. Any guards or Imperials or even Thalmor who might question his motives would be told, quite honestly and rightfully, that he was moving about the land at the behest of the Winterhold College and that if they had any problem with his actions, they could take it up with the Archmage there. The nice sideline for Bellathor and Owen is that in the delving of these various places that Urag will send us to, there will be endless amounts of unclaimed goods, ancient magical items, loose coin, and other valuables that Owen could fence to Bellathor, who would then sell them back to the public and redisperse them for a tidy profit for both of them. So with this loose and ill-conceived plan in mind, Owen made a quick stop at the Drunken Huntsman, because he had heard tell of a uh, talented and discreet individual by the name of Janassa, and he believed that this would be the perfect companion. Once her fee was paid, they made the long trudge up to Winterhold College, duly presented themselves to Urag after a short uh, interview at the gates, shall we say, where he displayed some basic magical talent, and soon found himself in the employ of our friendly neighborhood orc, Urag Roshub. Now, from the start, I suspected that Urag was really in the business of trying to kill my character as quickly as possible. Perhaps he uh, had a sense 
of Owen's true motivations. Why do I say this? Well, because the first place he sent our young adventurer, level one, might I add, was into Mizen Caliph to clear out dwarven automatons, Falmer, and even a centurion, all for a book that he could have bought just about anywhere in Skyrim. Following that adventure, we have visited such interesting places as Valthum and Highgate Ruins, where, if you are familiar with the game, you will know there are ancient dragon priests who come alive in the form of liches, seeking to do God knows what in Skyrim if you are not capable of besting them and putting them back to sleep. I've also had the pleasure of delving into such smaller and interesting places as Steepfall Barrel, a few uh, trolls that I suppose would have given an old librarian a bit of trouble, the Blind Cliff Cave, which itself was not much of a challenge. Giants seem to be something that Urag is interested in having bested. I didn't know they were readers, but I've been to a few giant camps now and discovered some valuable books there. Along the way, a, a rather interesting encounter with a Daedra was had by young Owen. We found Meridia's beacon in a box somewhere. And upon putting it into our possession, thinking it yet another valuable gem that could be sold to, oh, I don't know, someone in the wealthier districts of Solitude or Whiterun, a voice broke out and instructed Owen to take it to the statue of Meridia. Now, Owen has a very strict policy of always doing what talking rocks tell him to do, especially when the voice is that of a powerful Daedra. And thankfully, it was on the way to a mission that Urag had in place for us anyways, so we made the trip. After an interesting delve, moving Meridia's light through her temple, we bested the necromancer, or whatever he is, at the end of it, not once, but twice, thank you very much, only to be rewarded with Dawnbreaker, a valuable weapon in his arsenal in the fight against undead, which, I've discovered, are quite commonplace in Skyrim. What is it with these Nords and their restless dead? Perhaps not everyone makes it into Sovngarde after all. Now, as Owen's story has evolved, I've come to an understanding about what his role is and who perhaps Urag actually is. While not a member of the college officially, being that he is not uh, primarily a mage, nor is that his primary concern in this life, it seems to me that young Owen has really become what we might consider like the covert operation arm of the Winterhold College. You see, they are sending him into places where they do not want to risk apprentices and sending him on missions that are perhaps beneath the concerns of the more, you know, powerful and uh, esoteric members of the college. But there's a thread through some of these things. Consider for yourself the idea that not once but twice Owen has been sent into Dwemer Ruins, an ancient missing people whose knowledge is locked behind the tyranny of Falmer and uh, now malfunctioning equipment. It would be good to have a place like that cleared to recapture that knowledge and add it to the college's lore. Is it an accident that in seeking Shalador's insights not once, but twice, has Owen faced ancient dragon priest? Clearly a scourge on the land of Skyrim, and no doubt enemies to the people at Winterhold College. This leads me to believe that either Skyrim is an extremely dangerous place, fraught with evil and ancient terrors, or perhaps there is more to our friend and archivist Urag Grosham than first meets the eye. Upon pondering this a little bit, it occurs to me that his ability to discover from who we do not know where these ancient tomes are, and that they are coincidentally placed in areas rife with enemies to the college and knowledge that they would like to recapture, leads me to believe that Urag may not be a simple librarian, but rather he is in fact the central intelligence officer of the College of Winterhold. 
And it makes perfect sense that this relationship with Owen would develop. You see, now he offers the college plausible deniability while simultaneously defeating their enemies and unearthing ancient knowledge and arcana. If he does that for his own profit and certain goods make their way back into Skyrim's economy as a result of Bellathor's involvement in the whole system, the college is willing to turn a blind eye to such things. They are, of course, above material matters. And so we now find ourselves with Owen, a far more experienced individual than he was when he first showed up in the Arcanium, working hand-in-glove with the college, pursuing their quiet but important agenda in the land of Skyrim, unearthing lore and loot from one edge of the province to the other. And I see no reason for this relationship not to continue. It would seem that each time we go back to Urag, another book needs to be discovered, another strange and dangerous place needs to be delved, and yet another enemy to the college and to the well-being of Skyrim needs to be bested. So I look forward to his continued adventures as we travel under the auspices of merely fetching me that book. So now that is the story of Owen Swift to this point. Uh, We'll take a brief moment and talk about him mechanically, if you like. He is currently level 19, despite Urag's best efforts to kill him before reaching that point. In terms of his skills and character approach, um, I envisioned Owen as a little bit of like a like a sneak thief, do you know what I mean? Not an outright rogue, but uh, the kind of person who sort of, you know, he would have been breaking into houses and this kind of thing in his younger days, uh, not primarily interested in frontline confrontations. So one of the reasons to choose Denasa was that she's a great combination of those things. She has the ability to do some serious damage with her dual wielding, and I've uh, given her some pretty good daggers at this point, but she also has the stealth capacity And, like, the mindset for a character like Owen who's going to want to creep through, assess the situation, maybe lay some traps and and this kind of thing. Uh, In terms of his skills, then, I've also built him to be very much a support character. Like, his idea is to sort of make Janassa take the risks, right? So, illusion has become important for him. Destruction has become important for him. Restoration has become important for him. When the rubber meets the road, he focuses on light armor because it's not noisy and it lets him move easily and one-handed attacks. So we've spent most of our perk points pushing things up the illusion tree so that we can uh, work on the buffs like courage and rally to keep our companions in top-notch fighting condition when they're out there killing things on Owen's behalf. And of course, we're working our way down the tree to make spells like uh, fury, calm, uh, frenzy to be more powerful and work on more powerful enemies. Spend a bit of time and effort in the destruction school primarily because I like runes. My idea for Owen is that he would sort of peek his head around a corner, discover that he's got enemies in front of him, drop a rune, and then like kite them in with a firebolt or a well-placed arrow. Uh, Restoration has been key, of course, because healing hands is huge. We want to really make Janassa pull the hate and then just keep her going. Uh, Also the ability to like fastly heal Owen and that sort of thing and uh, increase the, the rate at which his healing spells actually work has been useful as well. I've done a little enchanting, mostly disenchanting things, and I've buffed his gear a little bit. For example, two of his pieces of armor now have bonuses to uh, illusion, reduce his casting cost, and uh, I've got a few pieces that increase his one-handed damage. Uh, Alchemy is really the only other skill that we've spent any real kind of time with. That's more just a function of gaming the game, if you will. I have an auto-harvesting mod, which is fantastic, so as I'm just wandering around, I'm picking up ingredients, uh, I periodically you know, make a bunch of potions, sell them to the various shops. 
And that's how I uh, generate money for Owen. My current goal is to actually uh, take over a Hearthfire home with him. So I've been doing alchemy as a way to make money for that. Also, of course, it helps me pounce on a good piece of gear for myself or my companion when it comes up in a shop. It never hurts to have a few septums in your pocket in this land. He did come here to get rich, after all. And I guess we've alluded to it in the discussion of his skills, but I suppose the last thing I'll talk about with Owen is really his his approach to, uh, to the combat and, and the world is, as I say, fairly simple. Uh, it's an effort to uh, use stealth primarily to get into a room and to assess the situation. Uh, we've tipped over a, a breaking point, it seems, with sneak, where I can actually get quite close to people, if I've got muffle going as well, without them noticing me. I like to place traps and then pull any like place runes, pardon me, then pull enemies into them. And then, of course, the idea really is to get my companion to do the bulk of the heavy lifting in terms of damage dealing while I flank with them or stay back a little bit at uh, at range and clear out the crowd a little bit. Obviously, I like to drop spells that will cause the enemies to fight themselves. Why should we kill them if they can kill themselves? Although that has the interesting side effect of like reducing how fast your weapon skills go up because, of course, if the two enemies are killing each other, you're one-handed and your light armor aren't really increasing. But that's been my goal with him. I've only done about seven or eight, I think, of uh, Urag's quests. I'm getting the sense that they're radiant. I initially thought when I read the wiki that there would be 20 and that would be it. But uh, the main reason, of course, I guess this is the last thing we'll talk about, uh, the main reason that I, I play Owen down this quest line almost exclusively is because it solves a problem for me in Skyrim. Uh, I like to drop in and out at short periods of time. I, you know, I have a family and other commitments like all adults playing video games now do. And I find that the sandbox in Skyrim is beautiful and really probably the best feature of the game. But unfortunately, it creates a situation where like when you can do everything, it becomes very difficult to do anything. You end up just sort of wandering and wondering what to do next or just poking in the next hole with no real sense of purpose. Now, on the flip side, I don't really want to commit to doing a full run of the main quest line or a full run of the companion's quest line or a full run of the Civil War. I'll do all these things at some point, but I'm really far more interested in just creating characters, uh, having a vision for them or a story of some kind, and then bringing that to fruition however many levels that takes and then you know moving on to the next character concept so for me fetch me that book is this wonderful middle ground because it unlocks places on the map it gives you a goal but it's probably a goal that's attainable in in no more than one or two sittings so you don't sort of get like quest fatigue or i don't feel obligated to continue to play a character because i'm trying to unlock a story and therefore i don't sort of get bored with playing the game and I can do it sort of as long as it satisfies me. And eventually when I've had enough fun fetching enough books and, you know, I've made enough money that Owen can settle down and he's adopted some kids and he has a steward and all that kind of thing. If, if I decide that he wants to, you know, hang up his spell book and his, uh, and his magical sword, then uh, so be it. And I can simply move on and, and do something else. So, so there we go. That's, uh, that's a little look at what I've been doing lately and uh, what my latest guy is. I hope you found that interesting. I want to thank Michael once again for uh, being just a great hub for the community and, and putting out stories like these and putting in front of all of us some new ideas and, and interesting ways to play. Uh, I look forward to his own delve into the Tamriel Vault, something he alluded to in episode 124, I believe. It'll be nice to see what kind of character he comes up with when he gets that up and running. And if you'll pardon me for but one shameless plug, if, like me, you do enjoy the lore of the game and you find the books in Skyrim interesting, Feel free to drop into skyrimbookclub.ca, listen to the audiobook recordings I do of those, or you can search for us on iTunes at Skyrim Book Club. So until next time, my friends, enjoy the game. 
Thank you, sir. I love. Well, now I know how to say Owen, so that helps. Uh, but I love the idea of using Janassa and the connection between Belthor and uh, Urag up in uh, Winterhold. Uh, I almost said Mages Guild because of that, what we were talking about previously. Uh, I, I like that idea that there's more to why he's sending you out there to do that, and, and that there's see that's a and like you were saying like. Um, the world is so big that sometimes you can feel like you don't know where to go. So like picking specific things to do is really nice. Like when I played in the beginning, I would play a character and just do everything. Uh, like I said, plenty of times now, like I tend to have a plan of what I want to do with the character because, you know, you only have so much time. Um, there's certain things you want to experience and, and that's definitely the, the best way to do it. Uh, I love the use of illusion. Illusion is one of my favorite things. And it's true though, you don't you know, your your weapon skills are not increasing, your warrior skills are not increasing while you're using it if when people are killing each other or they're calm or whatever. Uh but it is really entertaining and <laughs> a good way to keep your hands clean and stay out of the fray. Um but yeah, I that's right. I should uh I should check in with uh Tamriel Vault for my Smith character as well. Uh, that would make a lot of sense. It would give me a lot of a uh, little more structure with it, and, and see there may be things I'm I'm forgetting within the game itself that would work well with it. <laughs> um, so that's the, I think that's what I will put on my agenda to research for uh, the next time. Um, but uh, I look forward to more of Owen, especially now that I am not saying it weird. It's kind of looked Welsh, and I messed it up terribly. <laughs> but uh. Next week, uh, the eighth, we're gonna have an ESO show again with with uh, Juan and Colin. So if you're playing ESO, uh, we I guess probably talking more of the Morrowind expansion and ESO in general. I am kind of just uh, here for the ride during that one because I don't know. A lot. I'm sure uh, Juan and I will also start exploring a bit of the Oblivion roundtable ins and outs and and what we're thinking. So be sure to check that out. Uh, once again, you can always send any and all feedback to Podcast at gmail.com and come see us live in Philly if you're here. All right. I have a bit of a sore throat this morning, so I'm going to cut this a little bit short. Sorry about that. Allergies are kicking. I don't know why. It's middle of summer. They should be gone by now. But uh, nevertheless, they're kicking in. All right. Take care, everyone. Talk to you next time. This episode of Skyromatic Podcast is brought to you by Bellathor's General Goods. Whether you're looking for a soul gem, goblet, or that elven bow you've been desiring, Bellathor has what you need. I'd even buy one of your relatives if you're looking to sell. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a little joke. Look no further than Bellathor's for the best deals on all items from every corner of Skyrim. I know what you're thinking. This Bellathor, how could you part with such magnificent treasures? Bellathor's is open mornings to Sundays, morning to night. Welcome to Bellathor's General Goods. Welcome indeed. Closed in case of dragon attacks, civil war, or vampire invasions. All that matters is that I have what you need, and it's worth every septum.